stars from Hollywood and from all over the world to entertain you on a giant screen with the two colorful motion pictures you've been hearing about and reading it's about. It's showtime, folks. Enjoy the show. We're delighted to have you with us. They're driving theater. You'll find something to please you to add to your evening's enjoyment. It's please pleased to bring you our Fifi feature presentation. Station. What's up, everybody? What is going on, you guys? It is uh, it's time for the show. We're 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 here. It's me. It's just me. It's uh, it's your host, Bo, the Boom Operator. Um, I'm in the I'm in the studio solo again this weekend. Uh, welcome everybody to the show. Um, yeah, sorry about the delay on the video there. It's just me, so I'm playing uh, playing Octopus Hands here, uh, like the uh, the drummer in, or was it the bartender in um, uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, where he's an octopus and he's just like you know uh, multi-handing everything. So uh, yeah, it's just me. Uh, shout outs going out to Tony over on YouTube, uh, Vince over on Twitch. Thanks for joining in. Always fun to have those guys right at the beginning of the show. Uh, thanks for joining us. Um, so Vince asks, is Jake okay? Um, you know, I, uh, don't want to go super deep into Jake details cause Jake likes to keep his private life pretty personal, but did Jake did have a motorcycle accident this week. Um, he is okay. He is okay. Um, but you know, he, he, uh, is having a little bit of difficulty, you know, I mean, he can walk, but, uh, you know, just dealing with some pain and just the, the shock of having, you know, an accident like that. So, um, but he says that he will be back next week. Um, but you know, I told him, I told him, I was like, you know, don't, don't feel pressure. Uh, if, if you want to come up, if you need to take another, another week, cause I know, you know, the, the, uh, thing about um, we'll tie this into movie talk as we do. And this is something that I, I told him today um, before the show is that you know doing what actors do. You think acting is an easy job. You think being a performer is an easy job. You know, it's like oh yeah, that's what I want to do. It'll, it'll be it'll be no problem at all. Like uh, all I got to do is get up there and just and just act a fool. And you know, no, uh, performing is tough. You know, one of the things that 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 makes performing hard is you know. The show must go on, as they say, and it's sometimes it's hard when you're just dealing with life, you're dealing with pain, you're dealing with, you know, injury, you're dealing with just whatever life throws at you, and then you have to get on a stage and flick the switch, you know, and um, it's not always easy. So, and then and another the hard part about being an entertainer is when people see you on stage or wherever it is you perform and then uh, just assume that you're okay with everything and they go, oh, well, either he's a big liar or whatever or, you know, they don't feel pain the same way other people do. It's just, no, sometimes we just have to get up here and, and do the thing. So, um, yeah, being a performer is hard sometimes. So uh, give your give your local celebrity or entertainer or podcaster or whatever, give them, give them some slack. Um, but, uh, you know, anybody, uh, all the shout outs to Jake. Uh, Vince says catch up on some weeb videos using the emojis there. Sam says heart goes out to the wiggles. Keeping that energy up must be a challenge. Um, and, uh, yeah, McLean says I thought this was an audio only throwback night. Yeah, because the, the video delay. But, uh, but we're... We're here. Um, you know, not a whole lot of movie news to talk about t tonight. It's probably going to be another one of my infamous fireside chats where, you know, we, uh, we, we, we talk to you, the viewers, and answer your questions. And uh, to start any good show that's just me, uh, I'm going to make myself a nice, a nice gin and, and tonic because um, I have the fixings for it still here from last week. Um, it is not room temperature tonic, so don't, don't worry. I'm not a barbarian. Um, Although I have been known um, tonight, yeah, I figured we'll we'll talk about we'll talk about movies. We'll talk about Hollywood. We're going to talk about. I'm going to talk a little bit more about Netflix. Um, you know, we're going to talk about some some interesting stuff because, like I reported last week, uh, Netflix is increasing their pricing, right? Um, and <laughs> it's funny because right after that news hit, 
Netflix stock like took the most insane nosedive. Like, oh my God, did that stock go on sale? But I say that as a uh, maybe a warning or whatever, or uh, it's on sale. So if you want to get some, now's the time. Because guess what? Netflix ain't going anywhere. Um, what is everybody going to just immediately start watching Disney Plus? You know, I mean. Netflix is a part of our lives now. Um, it's like I'm shutting off my electricity. No, you're not, dude. You're 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 just you're gonna come back around, and the t- stock's gonna go up. And so this is a, a great opportunity for anybody that wants to invest in Netflix to invest in Netflix because it did the exact same thing back when they announced the price increase in 2020. Took a took a dive, and then everybody's like, "Ah, oh, yeah, screw that pandemic." Oh, well, I guess I don't have anything else to do. Uh, Netflix, and then it went through the roof, and a lot of people made a lot of money. So uh, you could be one of those people. But I'm not Jim Cramer. I'm not here to give you, um, you know, advice on on stocks. I mean, I. I'm definitely not the one to be giving anybody financial advice when it comes to investment. Although I did invest in AMC early, back when it was like two dollars a share, and uh, and then the meme thing hit, and it's back. Like I mean, even it took a humongous hit, and it's still at like sixteen, where it's probably going to plateau. But uh, scooped up a lot of that, so pretty fun. Uh, Vince is the drive-in insider trading box. There's no insider trading here. I'm not an insider. I'm just keep my finger on the pulse uh mm. everybody just needs to invest in frozen uh, orange juice concentrate um and pork belly um i believe are the two uh two big investment uh, uh markets in trading places if i'm not mistaken um but i haven't seen that movie i haven't watched that movie in a long time but it's uh, it's a doozy if you it's a classic classic comedy um Yes, news. I wanted to talk about news. Um, I know I'm a little sidetracked tonight. Um, yeah, James caught the Trading Places reference there. Uh, there is some news going on. New movies coming out. I'm going to just go ahead and start with new movie news because there's only one new movie hitting theaters this weekend. So let's just jump into that. Um, it's Morbius. It's finally coming out this weekend, January 28th, uh, 2022. You can get your tickets now. You can get your tickets never. You can laugh about it. You can whatever. You can read the reviews that come out um, Thursday. You know, it's what it is. It's Jared Leto. Um, the the Michael Morbius character, it's kind of a, I, I don't want to say tertiary character of the Spider-Man world, but um, Morbius and Blade have a history. and Everybody's talking about how this is going to connect into the the greater MCU and all this kind of crap, but you know it's um, uh, Jared Leto's in this. Michael Keaton's in here somewhere. I'm not quite sure what his role is in this, but he is listed. Um, I'm I, I don't do the deep dives into comic book movies because I just don't have a lot of respect for comic book movies, especially these days. I mean, I just saw the trailer for Moon Knight last week, which one of the characters in there died in a in a in a uh, an accident recently, which is tragic but um the show must go on um you know we're 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 hitting this this weird plateau in entertainment where you know so much of hollywood is void of ideas and they don't and it's not that they're void of ideas i think that's a bad a bad thing to say i think that they're afraid of losing money. Everybody's so afraid of losing money, and no one's. Everyone's afraid of risks. There's the, the risk avoidance is is more incredible than it's ever been, um, in especially in Hollywood. So no one wants to take chances on making anything new. And you know, we showed Hollywood that we liked comic book movies, and now we're getting nothing but comic book movies. And you know, Hollywood has had this pattern for well ever, where we show them something that we like. And then we get a lot of versions of that. But the problem is we've shown them that we like things that have pre-existing properties, IPs, whatever you want to call it. Um, And now Hollywood feels like that's the only thing that they can safely invest large amounts of money in. It's like, sure, you're going to get your indie films. You're going to get your Pierce Brosnan's King's Daughters, which I guess I just found out recently was filmed in like 2019 or something insane, something old, and it just came out in theaters, and it's not doing well, I almost went and saw it this weekend, and, um, and then no one would go see it with me, 
So I, I decided I didn't want to be the solo human adult male sitting in that theater watching that movie. So I just decided to not see it. Um, even though uh, I kind of wanted to go, but you know, whatever. Um, there, there are movies I will go happily go see by myself, and then there are other movies where it's just like I totally need someone to go into this movie with me. And generally, it's if it's like a family movie where I know there's going to be a lot of kids there, I don't want to be the like you know older guy rolling in by myself in a hoodie like you know, sitting in the back eating popcorn and hot dogs while all these kids are like, you know, going Encanto. Like, I'm just like, somebody come see this with me. So I don't feel like such a creep. But, um, yeah, that's, that's kind of how I do it. But Morbius is coming out. So, you know, this, this really puts Sony in an interesting position because this is again, another Sony film. And while, um, the Marvel universe is, is kind of reeling with what to do in terms of big budget blockbuster movies, you know, Eternals is not doing very well. No one's really like freaking out about how cool all these dumb MCU shows are that they keep just churning out. Um, but Sony's comic book movies, you got Spider Man, you got Morbius, you got Venom, you got all this stuff that's just generating tons of hype, tons of money. Um, and that that's every a lot of a lot of average audience goers. What's good guy, for example, he's not going to know the difference in all the legal battles, battles and financial, you know, minutia that goes into, you know, OK, uh, Spider-Man's not is MCU, but he's not Marvel. He's Sony, which Marvel is now Disney. And so there's all this politics going on. Most guys are like, hey, man, did you see that? It had all three Spider-Man in a dude and they did the pointing thing like I saw on the Internet. So funny, man. Hey, man, they're going to make an another one of those because that was really good dude i i am telling you that was good dude now the commercials are like well oh shit we got to connect venom we got to connect morbius we got to connect this to the the thing that makes the money and oh man i heard this movie about this jared legos guy he's going in and he's a vampire or something i don't know looks like shit but it's part of spider-man so i guess i need to go see it dude let's go see i can't even wait to go see this spider-man vampire guy and then they'll go see it, and they'll be like, hey, man, Spider-Man wasn't even in this movie until, like, after the credits or whatever. And the, the thing is, is they filmed that after credit scene, which I don't know if there's going to be one. Of course, there's going to be one. But they film that way later to go, oh, how do we connect the dots for what's good guy? And uh, that's how they're going to do it, man. That's just that's how they're going to do it. Uh Sam says maybe we could get Dolph Lundgren back as Punisher. Maybe we could just yeah get Thomas Jane, Dolph Lundgren, get all the all the the Puniverse and uh, link them together. But you know these, these movies are I don't want to say bad. You know I was having a conversation with um, Elisa. I don't know if she's in the comments or viewing right now, but we were talking about you know. What makes a movie bad? What makes a movie good? You know, and and subjective um, criticism of modern cinema. You know, and a lot of times on the show, I don't get to like put my you know huge nerd hat on, but um, you know, I studied film for a long time. You know, is what I thought I wanted to to, to go, but there, believe it or not, there is no film school uh, anywhere near Arkansas that's worth a shit. And I didn't want to travel, and I couldn't afford you know some East Coast fart sniffing whatever and I'm kind of glad I didn't go because a lot of that stuff is just it's all shit if you just buy books and watch a lot of movies you can teach yourself um you just don't get to sling your dangling around and be like well I've got my degree in film from so-and-so whatever but you know there is a lot of conversation to be had about you know um what constitutes a well-made film, what is a bad film, what is a derivative film, what is an homage, what is a reboot, what is, you know, what makes art art, what makes some art better than art, how can you be a person that says this art is better than this art, and a problem with using the word art around some of these new movies is, you know, it's not, it's 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 a product it's saying it's it's you know with some of these films that are coming out in theaters right now from big studios like disney um you know that's like saying oreos or art you know it's like they taste good we want more of them that's junk food we're just gonna we're just gonna slam it down and that's gonna be it but it's not something that someone had this brilliant idea and is trying to express themselves and i think a lot of people give movies 
a weird, hard time because they think that all movies are, you know, just because a movie didn't have a wheelchair character that they hate wheelchair people. I'm sorry, my wheelchair friends. I'm going to use you because, um, you know, it's a, it's a landmine having this conversation. But, um, you know, they're just making money. It's just, it's, 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 it's indiscernible from a cheeseburger Happy Meal. You know, that's what they're selling you. They're not selling you art. You know, um, they're selling you good times and great oldies. You know, that's 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 what Disney wants to do. You know, um, and honestly, they're tr- they're not even really in the business of making timeless films anymore um, because that doesn't make money anymore. Because VHS and home video and all that shit, um, that model's gone. You know, unlocking the Disney Vault is gone. And now it's like, how do we get your money now? How do we get new subscribers now? How do we get you into the box office now? And then also next week and the next week and the next week. And Jacqueline Dizzy says, I love art films. Me too. You know, art films, I think, need more of a place. And the challenging thing about art films in 2022 is they're more accessible than ever, but they're harder to see than ever, if that makes any sense. And let me explain. You know, seeing a film as it's intentionally made on a big screen or something is something that is now becoming um, a harder and harder commodity for smaller, lower budget films. And I was very hopeful during the pandemic that smaller, uh, you know, indie films were going to have this time in the the silver screen because we weren't getting a lot of big studio stuff. Um, And it's kind of like the opposite has happened. Like, I was having this conversation with um, a friend of mine, Larry, who's one of the managers here at our local Malco, and we were talking about how um, the problems that movies like uh, Spider-Man, uh, Far From Home, or Far From Over, because it's like four hours long, but the new Batman the, uh, that's coming out that um, has Rob Pattinson in it, they they announced a three-hour runtime. And actually, the screeners of it was four hours. So it's been cut down. I'm really curious to see what this four-hour cut looks like. But the problem with three-hour-long movies, you know, I think that people feel like they're, hey, man, I really am getting my money's worth out of, like, that movie was three hours long, dude. I'm like, no, you don't need three hours to tell the story. I feel like people need larger portions to feel like they're getting their money's worth, which just equates movies back to junk food all over again. But, you know, 90 minutes, man. That's really all you need. It's it, You can do it, I promise. But, you know, with these longer run times, it proposes, it poses an, a more interesting challenge for smaller studios and independent films because of what I'm about to tell you. A lot of people don't understand the... Gestapo style tactics that the larger studios like Warner Brothers and Disney have over these theater chains. And you think like, oh, it's AMC, oh, it's Malco, they got they got power. No, they don't. They are really at the whim of the studios, which the pandemic proved to us in in you know sixfold. But you know, a lot of these films, like Spider-Man, you know, they have writers, at, you know, if everyone's familiar with how, you know, the performing arts works or if the concept of a writer, if you don't, whatever, I'm about to explain it. But there's a contract that says, okay, if Malco wants to show Spider-Man Far From Over in one of their theaters, it needs to these criteria must be met. It must be shown on your largest theaters, at least how many percentage of them. It must be shown on this many screens, whatever percentage of your 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 uh, theater is, and it must be shown for this number of weeks, right? And so, you know, as a pro programmer, where you're like, okay, I gotta build, I gotta build out our catalog. You know, there's a lot of movies they could choose from. There's these indie movies coming out, Fathom events coming out. You know, all these um, limited and, and expanded release films that that theaters could pick up, but they go, well, if I've got to show X number of shows of Spider-Man, Spider-Man on each theater and it's three hours long, that means I can't show this many on one screen. I have to spread it out to four screens just to get my quota of screenings in per theater. 
So now you're like, okay, well now that this is three, three hours long, it could have shown like four times on two screens, but now it needs to show four times on four screens because no one's going to go see a three hour long movie at 11 o'clock, you know, and, uh, because it's going to put the out time for the theater at like 2 AM and that's, you know, then you get into labor hours. So, so these long movies propose, uh, they, they pose a humongous problem for theater chains of figuring out how to balance what movies they can and can't carry. And that's why you just go, oh, fuck it. We're just going to have all spider-man because it's making money and we need to we need to check the boxes so um it's a weird math problem and it's all about money it's all about money i need some gin hang on mm. yeah uh sam says columbia used to use three stooges shorts as leverage to exhibit their b movies uh they will never see a blue and gray batman on the screen in our lifetime probably not um you know, so so these smaller films, um, they're actually having more problems getting screen time because these theater chains have to appease the overlords of Buena Vista Home Entertainment or Buena Vista Entertainment and you know Warner Brothers, um, so and so on and so forth. So um, it's actually getting harder. But anyway, Morbius coming out in theaters. You know, Batman's gonna be three hours freaking long. Um, it, 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 you know. And it's even for me as a person who does a podcast talking about Hollywood and what's coming out, you know how hard it is for me to sift through the news to find stuff that's coming, like people reporting about news that isn't just Disney Plus and Netflix bullshit. Like, it's hard, man. And, uh, you know, I mean, I don't get paid for this. And, you know, maybe if I did, I could focus a lot more energy digging up all this, you know, going out there and getting the exclusive scoops for my driving speaker box listeners. But, you know, I'm not I'm, I'm, I'm going to give it an, enough effort to to make it make sense. But uh, it, it gets harder because, I mean, you know, the other the all, all the news I really had for you guys today was there was the Pinocchio tr- uh, teaser, which is coming out on Netflix. Uh, and I do think that they may um, do a short uh, week, a short um, release week, like they did with Don't Look Up, and they also are doing with Knives Out 2, which is going to have a theatrical release for maybe like a week uh, alongside its Netflix debut. But the Guillermo del Toro um, Pinocchio teaser trailer looked pretty cool, although it didn't show hardly anything, but it was pretty interesting to see. But Netflix, you know, um, getting into the realm of feature-length films that are in theaters, uh, Don't Look Up was a really interesting experiment where they did show it in theaters about a week and a half early, which I went and saw it, um, reviewed it right here on the show, and you can download that episode. But what this does is like, why, why, why are they doing this? A, revenue generation for the people that actually do go see it. But more importantly, it makes them eligible for award season. And again, going back to what's good guy, like, hey man, you know, I heard, I heard this movie made like, Academy Awards, you know what I'm saying? And that must mean it's pretty daggum good. And so if Netflix can get Academy Award nominated films, which is the name of my production company, um, pending, uh, they're going to be able to to um, solidify themselves as a legitimate studio moving into the future as they try to figure out how to corner the market of um, films. You know, because Netflix wants to be a studio. They want to be taken seriously as a studio because if they are, then people drive subscriptions to their platform. You know, and, 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 and I don't really understand the the profitability model on how this all works. Um, hey, Christian Montone over on Facebook, shout outs over there. Um, but it's really interesting because a lot of that 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 data is not public information like box office totals are. That's why we do the box office roundup at the end of the week every show. Um, but you know, it it behooves these studios to have exciting films that are exclusive that people want to see and when they can say it was nominated for an academy award like that's some that's some bde right there my guys so netflix they trying they trying but they did just drop 50 billion dollars in value overnight after uh falling short of subscriber goals and then uh their stock plummeting after the announcement of the whatever so if you want to scoop up some netflix stock it is under 400 dollars a share right now you can get some so 
Yeah, other shout-outs that I wanted to do, um, and this one's just mainly for the podcast, for those of you that download the podcast, wherever you download podcasts, you don't get to see my pretty face or Jake's pretty face, you just hear our sultry, seductive voices. Um, shout-outs to my, I have, I, have, I, have a, I have a cousin named Reed, and he lives in Australia, uh, but shout-outs to Reed in Australia, who's been, uh, who's discovered my show, and it's always fun when, when family tunes in and, and discovers the show and catching up, and, and I gave him access to the old vault, which I think Vince had access to the old vault, and I mean, I've never met Vince, he's a fan, he's a, he's our moderator over on Twitch, shout-outs to our boy Vince, but uh, I believe he, he went through some of our archive shows as well, and some of those things I haven't listened to, you know, I've been doing the show for a really long time, we're actually approaching our, I want to say, thousandth recorded episode, which will be in the next couple of months, um, which is pretty insane to think about that, that I've, I've, I've done well over a thousand of these episodes, All right. that's weird, that's weird, dude, and I'm still not internet famous, the hell, um, so, uh, yeah, Vince said I gave it to him when he was in the hospital. It was much needed. And, you know, that's we care about our fans. We care about our listeners. Um, and I'm glad it helped. But, uh, yeah. So, anyway, um, Knives Out 2 going to be in theaters, which uh, is kind of interesting. Uh, what else is it going to talk about? Um, there's a weird, another weird owl, uh, you pick. It's a bio pick, but it's, but it's not. Um, it's uh, going to be teaming up with Funny or Die, and they're going to be doing a series uh, streaming exclusively on their Roku channel. Um, but it's uh, it's going to be called Weird, the Al Yankovic story. Looks like it could be pretty fun if you're into uh, Weird Al Yankovic. Um, oh, gosh, those guys are throwing out the uh, OG references. Uh, Christian over on Facebook is talking about 2G and MySpace. And um, Tony over on YouTube saying, I remember KXUA, homeboy. I Yes, this, this show started out on 88.3 FM. And uh, that back, back, back when I could actually play film scores on the air. Now you just get me chatting for like an hour. But anyway, but the Weird Al, Daniel Redcliffe set to star as Mr. Al uh, Yankovic himself, and I think it should be pretty cool. Uh, other things that I want to report in the news, and this is actually cool for all of you art film lovers, uh, looking at you, Elisa and Jacqueline in the comments, um, Rob Pat, Rob Pattinson, old Batman himself, is slated to star in Bong, jo- uh, Bong Joon-ho's next feature-length film, and uh, Boon Jong-ho, or Bong Joon-ho, last name's first, Um, it would be like Joon-ho Bong in the U.S., but Bong Joon-ho over in Korea, anyway, um, he is a pretty awesome director, Uh, you know, Rob Pat has been doing some of the most interesting indie art films, but also managing to cross over into big studio stuff. But um, uh, Bong Joon-ho, like a lot of people know him for Snowpiercer, which he wrote and directed. Um, everybody everybody knows that movie, and that, that's now got a TV series that he's only marginally known for. But Parasite was the one that everybody's like, oh, this guy. But if you want to dig back, the host is pretty awesome. If you... Um, uh, are into kind of K-horror films, the host is pretty freaking cool, and Mother from 2009, also pretty cool, Um, but I really, really dig his work, and the fact that he's teaming up with Rob Pat is kind of cool, and I'm kind of excited about it, Uh, they haven't really released a whole lot of details about that project, but I'm into it, Um, the cat RP is getting weirder and weirder, uh, <laughs> Vince coming up with those up and comers. Boom, Bong Joon Ho is not an up and comer. The host was made in uh, God. When was that? That had to be like mid two thousands, like two thousand five, two thousand six. It was uh, it was whatever. Uh, Christian over on Facebook says, "I love your backdrop, sir. Very cool backdrop. This is a studio, dog. Like this is real stuff. Like I can touch it. It's it's not virtual. It's not a green screen." This is a. This is what we call in the biz a set, and uh, we've got a studio here, and I've got like fun lights that point at things, and um, 
you know, because I'm the gaffer, I'm the boom operator, I'm the producer, I'm the director, I'm the, I'm the all these things because, uh, yeah, I used to, used to work in film, and that's that's what I do, man. It's uh, talk about film. I worked in film. I review film. I'm just a film weirdo. So all of this stuff is really behind me. I know 2022, you can't believe anything that you see, but it's 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 there. Uh, Vince said, "You said people said it was a backdrop, but I didn't believe you until now. Here it is. Um, so there there it is." And Christian says, "No, had no idea. Great set." Thank you very much. Uh, Jacqueline says, you got to post a film list, and yes, your set is badass. Boom. So, you know, one of these days, if if I could just get my proverbial shit together, you know, I, I would love to do shorter, smaller, edited, more encapsulated stuff, but I'm just one dude, and, uh, you know, to, to a lot of those big YouTube people that you see, that you're like, oh, you should do something like this, those people have editors, they have producers, you know, even, you know, one of my favorite channels, which is How to Drink, um, shout outs to those guys, whatever, um, you know, he has a team, he has like three people on set all the time that aren't on camera, and uh, this is just all me, baby, and, uh, you know, I get fun buttons like this, so I can go to camera two, and, uh, but that's all because I've, I've learned, but yeah, here we go, um, Sam says, I thought you were a CGI character for the first three years, um, I would really love to be a Max Headroom-esque, I mean, I am wearing the jacket, um, kind of video review view, 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 viewer and uh, do all that stuff. But uh, Sam says, just get on the TikTok and eat some hot wings. You know, I actually used to do, I used to do hot challenges back in the day. I was on I, Vine. Do you guys fucking remember Vine? Um, I can, I, I have, my mouth has a tolerance and don't clip that, but um, it is a very, very large pain threshold for uh, consumable goods and um, I, I need to go get some of my eating trophies and put them in the back. Because um, once upon a time, I was a professional eater. I think I have a trophy as like a burrito eating competition at Cadoba. I won, I won free burritos for a year. I don't know if I've told the story in the year or not, but maybe I have. Um, but uh, Vince says, speaking of, you need to eat that Arby's milkshake sandwich. Only if I do it here. Like, that's the thing. I don't want to, like, sit in my truck or whatever and just order it by myself and be like, well, I guess I'm going to eat this. And I'm going to go like, you know, hurt my butt later. Uh, but, but, but I don't know. You, I didn't do it on the stream. I ate this like chili dog pizza once during the pandemic and I live streamed it and it was weird. It, you know, when you have a studio, the things that you do, but anyway, back to movies. Uh, what else did I want to talk about? Uh, we talked about Netflix. We talked about blah, blah, blah. We talked about this. What am I, what did I put in my notes? Yeah, that's about all I really put in my notes. There's nothing in the theaters, man. It's super, super sad. Um, I did have something that I wanted to talk about and I can't remember what it was. So while I think I'll, myself a little bit of extra gin. I know our upload speed has uh, been dropping off, so I apologize if I'm getting a little choppy here. But they tend to do that on Monday nights. I don't know why. Started out at 26 megabytes up per second, and now we're down to like nine. Uh, I gotta keep pinging, pinging them. Ooh, that's spicy. Uh, Sam says he will go to the theater for Sonic 2. Speaking of chili dogs, um, so that's one of the things you 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 need to. Uh, go to the theaters to see the movies that you love and the movies that you support. Uh, the Black Phone, The Crooked Man. I have a, I have a Black Phone here. You guys in the comments, Black Phone. I can't find it right now, but I have a Black, I have a Black Phone. Maybe I, wait. Watch this. It's right here. I see it. My film noir phone. Yeah, it's the cool part about having a set, you guys, is you just never know what you're gonna find over here. But yeah, my old like my my detective, um, you know, it's like a uh, oh, ring ring, and it's like Cinderin Sally, and then somebody comes in, you grab it like this, and you bang right in the face, and then or in the kisser, and you know the bad guy goes down. Um, sorry, things. This is just how my brain works. Um, Sam says I should get a red phone in a glass case, and you're right, so I could call, like, Commissioner Gordon or Batman or back back and forth, one of the two. Does that make me Batman or Commissioner Gordon? I don't know. But the black phone's cool. I love old phones. I love rotary phones. I love old speakers, and I love, love old televisions. I love old shit. Um, kind of weird like that, but, you know, 
it's going to be whatever. Uh, Tony Garrett, oh, Tony, what's up? He says, uh, Hellraiser, Doug Bradley. This this new Hellraiser television show um, with the female Hellraiser, this is going to be, a, you know, I, 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 I haven't followed much of the story. Uh, I know that it's happening. I know that it's coming. I don't know what streaming service it's on. I did report that several episodes ago. I think maybe Apple Plus Plus or, or Paramount minus divided by sign or percentage. I don't know, but it's coming. Uh, Christian says, I teach high school art. My students rarely go to the movies, pandemic and other reasons. The last one I heard anything excited for was a new Spider-Man. It was nice to hear them uh, excited to go a theater. So, um, <laughs> Elise says collective sigh. Um, you know, you, you, sorry. I, I apologize for whatever that sigh is about. Uh, I need more context, so I just don't feel like I'm being disappointing. But so if you teach high school art and you have students and they're not excited to go to the movies except for to see Spider-Man, like my question to you as a teacher, I, I used to teach children, I uh, did after school stuff. I don't know if that qualifies me as a teacher, but I, it was an elementary school program, K through six, whatever. Um, but, you know, and I showed them all Miyazaki films and got them all freaking hooked they're like let's watch cartoons and i was like no well uh hang on a second you guys uh ever heard of spirited away and they're like what's this and then you know a couple of the kids got really scared and then i had a couple of phone calls from parents um but you know i then some of the ones that were scared actually uh, I, I i eventually after i talked to the kids talked to the parents and we had some film criticism as as a, a group of imagine me talking to a bunch of elementary school kids about um you know the the finer points of hayao miyazaki which i did and uh but then i had parents calling me up and not being mad about it but going hey my son or daughter keeps talking about this movie and i don't know what this is like how do i get a copy of this movie and i was educating these children about how to appreciate cartoons that weren't lilo and stitch you know it wasn't like ah, you know and it was it was it was consequence it was it was um feelings it was happiness it was sadness it was all of these things that a growing person you know that that is experiencing life and not knowing how to sort these things out like masters like Miyazaki are able to guide children and adults on journeys that help them process this confusing thing that we call life and um and 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 it gets these kids hooked and it makes them appreciate things so my challenge to you as a high school art teacher is start talking to them about film start talking to them about the theatrical experience if they're in to seeing movies in the theater it's like yeah you want to see spider-man but are you excited about seeing spider-man in a theater and why why is it exciting to go to a theater because if you can engage them in a reason that's like why is the theater exciting to see spider-man versus seeing spider-man at home then maybe we can activate these young minds into being excited about the theater in general because the theater is an exciting place it is a place that is it's 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 um an endangered species and it is it is like the difference between seeing a a uh a, you know a, a pollock painting on the internet versus standing in front of one at a gallery you know it, you can still see it you know you're like oh yeah there's splatter paint i pff, anybody could do that but when you stand in front of a pollock that's like the size of a wall and and it's lit properly and it's quiet and you're you're standing in front of it and it's stand you know it, it, it takes over the moment you know and and that is something you can't replicate and except for in its intended viewing space you know like a gallery and um I think that I think that younger people need to think about films in that way and it takes people like me, people like you, people like your parents, you know, to to instill these things that's like, oh yeah, you could see it on your cell phone. You know, I don't kind of like NFTs, you know, however that shit works, but um the original has value. Um Lisa says, no, the side was more about gender bender movies. I'm doing great as always. Thank you. Uh, Jacqueline says, Seinfeld episode of the bootlegging movie was Little Kicks, the same one of the Lane's bad dancer moves. Um, you know, dude, oh gosh, let me, uh, 
let me formulate some thought there. Vince said, I had a conversation with someone about uh, making meme art and using a meme be art. Kind of opened my mind a little bit about what art can be. Um, so a little little history, little 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 boat counts, aka boom operator history about the story of my life. But I've always been an an, an art um, um, champion. Um, my hands don't do what my brain wants, so I've always been good about collecting other people who have good hands and 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 sending my brain juice into their hands. I don't know, God, this is, just sounds like a weird, dirty Pornhub channel, but I'm into it. Um, and and I started a, an art collective called Art Art Amiss back in the day, and we did a lot of guerrilla art shows, and we did all these kind of things. And the 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 underlying mission statement was. Um, Everything that is created, in a sense, could be boiled down to art. It's getting harder and harder to justify that mission statement as we enter this digital uh, world of of pandering for the for money. Um, but but you know, art is is everywhere. It's all around you. It's it's in your glass at a, at, at a at a bar it's on your plate in a restaurant it's in the uh, independent clothing store it's in a and it's in a, a, a you know a, a, a pottery house it's in a farmer's market table it's in a you know a, a, a YouTube channel it's I mean it's everywhere you know but 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 to me art teaching children and teaching teaching adults teaching anyone about art it's not about appreciating it's like oh well uh fellini is art film like, let me teach you how to appreciate fellini no fuck that like i could i could t- i could i could spend a whole episode telling you about you know fellini's films um but you know it's all about oh jews i need to catch up on the comments I do try to point them in the direction of things they might like or things that will expand their territory. However, here's the issue. Oh, very few pay to watch or hear anything if you watch Blu-ray. So, okay, uh, that is, I'm catching, yeah, people don't want to pay. And that's, all right, I'm glad I caught that because I'm going to tie it back around. Um, comments, man, the scroll. Um, you know, what I was what I was getting at is that, to me, my mission statement was about educating people on how to consume art. That's actually why I started this show. Is you know, it was very important to me to want to um, instill appreciation for films, instill appreciation for cinema and all that goes into it. But also be like, yo, dude, Bill and Ted rules. You know, it's like Jurassic Park uh, is sick. You know, Conan the Barbarian super tight. Like everybody likes Iron Man shooting lasers. I, I get it. I understand that. I'm not going to tell you you're an idiot for that. But I'm also going to try and you know, I'm going to check you here and say, yes, absolutely, Ninja Turtles, Calabunga, dude. Mm, but let me slide in. Let me slide in a little bit of David Lynch. Let me slide in a little bit of, you know, uh, Ingmar Bergman. Let me slide in some, uh, you know, uh, just, just let me just slide in your DMs, your intellectual DMs here, and open your mind with, 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 with interesting new content. Uh, James says, are you familiar with Cartoon Saloon? Yes, I, I, I am. Um, Cartoon Saloon. I was I was I had a really humongous um, animated phase where I was really into like you know um, old Liquid Television. I was into a lot of French animation, um, you know uh, Lalou and uh, Morbius and all these guys. Really into that stuff. Um, animation, I think, is uh, the Brothers Quay. Oh my God! If um, at least uh, if you're still watching Brothers Quay, check it out. I think you'd be really into it. Um, but, you know, it's it's a challenging thing because it comes down to money. It comes down to teaching people how to appreciate, how to view things, um, and not just doing it. And something I'm going to say right now on the air for, in a recorded format that's probably going to get me in a lot of trouble. I've said it before, so I'm going to say it again. Crystal Bridge, if you guys live in Northwest Arkansas, then you're going to know what I'm saying. Or if you don't, you might understand what I am too. But um, I, I went on record many times saying that Crystal Bridges is one of the best things and one of the worst things to ever happen to the Northwest Arkansas arts community. And the reason why, I mean, it's great. We have access to some world-class art. It's right at our fingertips. That's amazing for people like me. Um, and maybe some of you in the comments. That's awesome. However, it was one of the worst things to happen to the arts community in Northwest Arkansas because Northwest Arkansas is not familiar with the arts. You know, you can't just 
you know, it's like a page right out of Satyricon. And, you know, you can't just plummet massive amounts of culture on people that don't understand culture or how to consume culture. Like, it, it, it you know, it, it requires understanding and methodology of how to appreciate, you know, uh, or, or just like understanding a good meal or a good cocktail or, you know, good music. You can't just go, this sounds good. I like it. It must be great. Like that, you know, but to, to truly understand something is how art appreciation should be. And Crystal Bridges is like, yo, dude, man, you can come up here, see Rosie the Riveter, chew gum and touch it. And like, I like, literally one of the first times I went to Crystal Bridges, they had the, the George Washington cross in the Potomac, you know, it's like one of the most like iconic dollar bill inspiring paintings of American history. And I literally watched a lady chewing gum touch it with her fingers and I almost lost my mind and they're like you can see the brush stroke and I go ma'am do not touch that and then of course the art like police there was like oh what's going on here and I was just like people are touching the art and you can't and and but that struck a chord with me because we have presented a community of people with some of them we have in our hands the entire like earth's like collection of knowledge in our in our pockets but we don't know how to digest it and i think that educating people on what's out there is no longer the way we need to educate people we need to educate people on how to consume what's out there and how to filter out and how to consume not just consume this and don't consume that i think that that's stupid because we're not teaching people why and uh you know not to get on a huge art snob kick but that's always been my sort of driving statement of why i do this show why i do later with jason so and why i don't get paid for any of this shit um but i just continue to do it um and it's not easy it's so hard and it's so fucking thankless um but it it i think that you know we're planting seeds of people down the line that can, you know, because I don't want art to die, and I feel like it's just on life support. Uh, McLean says, it's telling a theater patron that, no, you can't walk on stage during a show. No, absolutely, or, you know, I've done stage work a lot, and, you know, and and, and, and to all my stand-up comedian friends out there, and to all my stage performer friends out there, and it's like, when you have a person in the audience, it's like, well, I bought a ticket, man, and I'm a part of it, hey, I'm gonna say some, some stuff. And it's like you are asking a person that's already under a massive amount of pressure to like, okay, I have to include this guy that thinks that he's privileged enough that because he paid $40 to get in here that he deserves these years of practice that everybody behind the scenes has put into it. You know, and it's because that guy, and I can't be mad at that guy because he doesn't know. He does, all he knows is, I got money and I paid for a thing, man. Customer's always right, dude. Um, but anyway, Tony says, so much agreement with the CB comment. have taken friends to visit with so much variance of response. Very strange. And, and, and that's the thing that I've always tried to pressure Crystal Bridges out. Because they used to reach out to me. They wanted me to help them do content. But they wanted to do it their way and not my way. They're like, we want, we want your audience, but we don't want to do it the way that you're doing it. And it's like, look, look can we just... Can we just teach people how to consume art? Don't just give them everything for free. Make them appreciate why it's there. Because art isn't free. And just when you have trillionaires in your backyard handing it to you all the time, it makes the appreciation of it go away. And that's art appreciation is the thing we need to have. Film appreciation, art appreciation, print appreciation, sculpture appreciation, edible appreciation all of these appreciations music appreciation like you know the fact that we get everything on spotify i'm like i ain't paying ten dollars for an album you crazy appreciation um vince says i lost it at a group of ugly americans that were take taking loads of tra flash photos at the sistine chapel when there were signs oh god oh see Ugh. i'm i'm the guy don't take me anywhere because I'm the guy that will go stop those people. I'm be like, hey, hey, dude. And and I learned this when I was a teenager. Um, more anecdotal stories. Like, we don't have any movies to talk about. We're just getting to know the boom operator. Uh, let me finish this. Ah. And uh, <laughs> I, used to, I used to frequent Blockbuster Video. Um, uh, Christian says, art isn't dying. It's just always evolving with against the culture. Yeah, art's never going to die. Cre creative space will never die. Um, but capitalism uh, 
um, there's a there's a correlation and causation chart that I should draw about art and capitalism, and you know, just NFTs in general are kind of the antichrist of what. Yeah, that's that's we're not that's movie related. Um, they're not movie related, but um, but I, I see where you going. I want to talk about that. Um, cutting funding doesn't help. No, it doesn't. But when I you know I used to go to Blockbuster all the time, and there was a there was a lady. And, um, well, okay, Christian says, uh, oh, yeah, there's a lot of chicanery in the arts. Well, and going back into gallery culture in the 60s, um, 50s, 60s, and 70s about uh, art galleries and the sort of um, ivory towerdom and gatekeeping that was in that, that the art scene. So, you know, I'm a very guerrilla, guerrilla arts uh, proponent. Um, but you know, the arts, the art, the gallery scene, which is now starting to happen in Crystal Bridges where the, the, the elite control the art, set the prices for the art. There are tons of documentaries you can watch on, on how the art elite, um, oh God, I'm getting off, I'm getting off on another tangent that I don't want to, but I would love to, because this is a, pa- a subject very passionate to me. Um, but it is a disturbing one because, Money is power, power is control, control is more power, and, uh, you know, art can be used as a weapon, and uh, art is one of the most powerful things that humans have ever created. It is more powerful than an atomic bomb. It's more powerful than a Netflix subscription. It is, uh, and, and Christian, you're, this this is probably your fault. The art teacher coming in, trying to, you know, because I don't have any films to talk about. I didn't have, I didn't have an itinerary to talk today, and I'm by myself, so I don't have Jake to put me in line. Um, so, yeah, you, you, hit, you hit a nerve. Uh, you, you tapped into the vein of art snobbery. But the, the blockbuster story is I'm the guy that, and I and I encourage all of you to be the guy, gender neutral guy, whatever the person. That there was one time, uh, and 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 I was like, I was a teenager, right? I've I've, I've been a jerk my whole life, um, but I I was in a blockbuster, and this lady came in and was just having a fit because let me let me let me turn what's good guy into a woman which always comes into pterodactyl voice but here we go she's like i paid four ninety nine to get this movie and it's broken because it has black bars on the tops and bottoms and i just can't watch it and the guy was like well did you finish it yeah and i didn't even like the movie i want my money back i want a different movie i don't like this and they're like ma'am you watched the movie you brought the movie back like we can recommend some other no i want my mouth and she's just screaming 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 and you know the 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 poor employees like the customer is always right. What do you got to do? You got to kowtow to stupidity in front of you. But I'm a customer. I'm just another bystander. And I was like, ma'am. And she turns around, and I was like, listen to yourself. And she's like, what you mean? And I was like, well, you sound like a toddler. I was like, you watched the movie, did you not? And she's like. I think you need to mind your own business. And I was like, well, y- your business is now my business because I'm waiting in line behind you. So it sounds to me like you watched this movie. You didn't like it. So I'm sorry you didn't like it. But if you want to go rent another movie, go rent another movie so I can rent mine and get out of my way. And uh, she got so mad and she took a comment card and she stormed off. And I got 40 free rentals attached to my account because the, 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 the people, they were just like, you know, slow clapped, and I was like, "You didn't have to do that." But, um, but you know what? When, when, when we as a people speak out against those people, instead of just like pulling our phones out and going, "Oh my God, look at this Karen," <laughs> you know, and we like go, "Actually, excuse me, Karen, I'm another person just like you, and you suck." And you know, people treat people in positions of service as inhuman and they can't say anything because they're going to get fired their jobs are at stake blah 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 um but we as an audience as this person standing in an art gallery watching someone touch a painting we can stop them and they can't do anything to us you know and you know i don't want to i know we live in a world where people can pull guns out now which is insane but you know they will escalate it to someone who's a public servant of whatever art consumable place you're in be it movie theater art gallery video rental store from the last blockbuster on earth um you know they can't do anything they're they're trapped 
but we can. You know, we can teach people. And that's what I want. I, I, I always want people to be empowered by um, just keeping us in check, you know? Like when people's egos and insanity get out of control. Like when they come into the movie theater like, hey man, I don't like that movie. Can I get a refund? I'll look over and go, no. Are you kidding me? Because the person behind the counter is like, oh, sir, I don't know. My manager, uh, uh, yeah, please don't get mad at me because I don't want to get fired. But I can look over and go, shut up. You're an idiot. And they go, well, who are you? I'm just a guy that's here looking at you, an idiot. And they'll go, well, I'm going to get out of here and maybe think about that. Maybe think that somebody else saw me acting like an idiot. Maybe change my behavior. I don't know. Um, let's see. I've called security on people at New York City venues. Yes, do it. Teach them a lesson because the venue people can't. Uh, Sam says, I've had a guy vape in my face at the Sam's Club Cafe once. That sounds hilarious. And I kicked him in the balls. Um, you know, and you just, I don't know. This is, this is gone off the deep end. All because Jake's not here. I love our fireside chats, you guys. This is going to be one of the weirdest podcasts ever. Um, Sam says, I was also cussed out several times because AT&T got rid of two-year contracts. Uh, so never cuss out your AT&T telephone person. They're just a person doing their job. Take it up the chain. Never, never, okay, I mean, this is another thing because it goes back to movies. Never get mad. Never get mad at your staff. Don't do it. Write a letter to the management. Don't send a one-star review on YouTube or, or, or Google Plus or whatever the f- whatever your you know, Foursquare or whatever. Contact. Do the extra effort. I mean, this whole show, the whole I guess the theme of the show is do the extra effort. I know that we are in a convenience culture, which is why your 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 art students don't want to see anything but Spider-Man because they want to pay money for it because they don't think it's going to be good. But we have to teach people to go the extra mile. And I think that that's, you know, and I'm going to give a shout out to my grandmother, uh, Maggie Bowen. I know she's not, she's not watching this, um, but she taught me, she worked in Sears telephone customer service back in like, you know, the 1800s or whatever. I don't know. Um, but, you know, she, she was really good on the phone. And, and this woman taught me at a very early age that, you know, if you just shake the trees enough and take it up the totem pole it's a little more effort it's a little harder and you don't get the instant gratification of yelling at the person at the cash register but the person at the cash register can't do shit they're just a person just like you doing a job wearing a hat with a name tag right but if you go after the faceless person at the top of Malco, of AMC of you know you're not going to get to Disney but you know whatever your voice matters more like nothing had more power than writing a letter writing a put getting put on hold getting transferred it takes like 20 minutes but you can get transferred high enough i've done it and if you take that time to like go you know what i want to i want to i want to complain properly i'm going to go to the website i'm going to look at the contact us i'm going to see i'm going to drill down further i'm going to go to the company listing i'm going to oh oh this person oh this person's the vp of blah 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 what's their email and then you get it, you get in there those people don't have any clue about shit most of the time but when you go the extra mile to put that shit on their desk Oh my God, can things change? Because nine times out of nine times, they don't have any idea what's going on out there. No more than you have any idea of going on, what's going on outside of your job. You know, and um, do that with everything. Do it with media. Do it with art. Do it with, you know, your, your sandwich that you didn't like. Like, if you're going to take anything away from this podcast tonight, it's go the extra mile. Do the extra digging. And I'm sorry this turned into such a weird thing. Tony says, a side hustle channel in which subs pay for the boom operator to tangent rant wisdom. <laughs> yeah. Um, guess what? I'm, I am I love to rant. There you go. Uh, let's see. Christian says, this is fun. Glad I'm here. Glad you're here too. Um, Vince says, I love our fireside chats. It's weird that Jake's break lines keep getting cut at 7.30 p.m. every Monday. Um, well, you know, it's going to be a whole nother, a whole nother spinoff. Um, but yeah, you should always, always be nice to your service people, especially in 2022 that we're, we're now in, which is a whole nother weird thing. But, um, that's the takeaway tonight, guys. Um, and, and 
a perfect time to tie it back into one of my favorite movies of all time, which again, I was talking to Elisa about this the other day, and I, I, I swear to God, this is a well-made film. Everybody knocks it, and a lot of people appreciate it now, but going back to Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventures, this is how I live my life. You know, I've studied many religions in my in my youth, and um, I consider myself a spiritual person, not a religious person, but it goes back to the, the, um, the practices and the teaching of the wild stallions. Be excellent to each other, and party on, dudes. There we go. Tony got it. Be excellent to each other and party on, dudes. That's all you need to unite the cosmos and uh, and, and and make things better. So, um, yeah. And on that note, it's been an hour. So, uh, we, we, we got to wrap things up. Um, I can't believe this hour went by so fast. We didn't take, we didn't talk about any new movies. We talked about Morbius. You can check that out. I'm going to be reviewing that next week on the show. Uh, cause I guarantee you I'm going to go see it. So, uh, I haven't picked a time yet. So I'm see if anybody wants to go with me, but we can, we can, we can go and we can do it. So, um, thanks for tuning in guys. Uh, like, and subscribe, find us on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitch. You can do the subs on Twitch. You can use the emotes like Vince does all that fun stuff. And we will be back next week. Maybe, maybe Jake will be, uh, in good enough health to where he can come back next week and, um, regale you with tales of fast and furious and rock worship. But, uh, we will, we will figure that one out. So, all right, guys, uh, as always, I'm Bo, the boom operator. It's Monday. It's eight o'clock. Or it was. It's nine o'clock. It's June twenty fourth. What what month is this? January twenty fourth. I don't even know. I've had too much gin and rum. But we will see you guys next week. <laughs>